these are dark times. Times without hope. What motivates a man to confront the challenges that most of us would run from? It is written that a pure-hearted warrior will claim the power of the Lords of Shadow as his own. Podcast episode 106, a spotlight on Castlevania. I'm your host Ryan, and I'm Chuck. And welcome back, everyone. Had some nice, uh, creepy music to to open up yeah. this spotlight. Yeah, boo to you. <laughs> Episodes coming out a little bit later than expected. I was hoping to get that we could get together before Halloween, but things just didn't work out. Yeah, circumstances are what they are. So. But figures, ne- yeah, figures never a bad time to yeah. cover Castlevania and monsters. And it's not, yeah, really Halloween themed. I mean, no. It's, a guy hunting vampires. That can happen anytime. <laughs> you you right? can take that anytime. That's anytime, right? It's a, um, it's a cool game. It's a cool concept. Right. So, so, uh, so this, I believe, this was actually your idea. One of uh, the many good ideas so. I've had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about Castlevania games, the franchise in general, and things like that. Uh, we're also going to respond to listener feedback. But other than that, what's been going on for you, Chuck? What, what have you been up to? I've been up to my neck in nothing. <laughs> now, I basically, you know, still looking for a job. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of put that on the back burner last two weeks. I've kind of like just enjoyed Life. having some time yeah. off and you know hanging out with the kids and stuff like that and getting personal things situated. And well, I will say it's the job market slows up a bit near the end of the year. So it does. I mean, no one's so. going to really hire at the end of the fiscal year. They don't have the budget to do so right. in the last couple of months. Yeah, so. been taking advantage of that. Uh, you be told we're getting ready for Thanksgiving in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Know, so that's where the time frame we're at here. Yeah. Um, seen some movies. You know, just taking yeah, a Saw Thor. Saw Thor 2. What really good. Really good. I liked okay. it. Okay. Better than the first one, I thought. Okay. That's, um, I've been hearing that as a common theme. So Yeah, I liked it. Very I'm, good. I might go see it this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Uh, I will let you know in case you want to see it again. I might. Okay. <laughs> I might want to do that. Yeah, I really haven't had much going on. I'm doing the job search thing too, and yeah. uh, I've been uh, catching up on a lot of reading. Yeah, um, I wish I could say the same, but <laughs> I have not. Uh, That's been, one of the things I need to really do: is sit down and try to catch up on reading. Yeah, I've been uh, catching up on cleaning the house. I'm selling a lot of stuff, kind of. Yeah, I've been doing that. Cleaning out the collection and stuff. Yeah, like I've been that. doing that too. I mean, we've listed some things on eBay. We put it on the forums and listed things on eBay. Right. Books, a couple of action figures, but yeah. Had some really good success the first go around, so we just yeah. listed some more stuff today. So we'll yeah. see. But yeah, I just I just been kind of like you said, trying to enjoy some of the time that I actually have to catch yeah. up on some things. I am going to be working on this coming weekend on the website. 
to finally get all those file cards up. Don't hold your breath. That is the first <laughs> thing I'm doing is the file cards. <coughs> Bullshit. <laughs> no. And then uh, and then I have some plans for some other things for the website that okay. I think since I have the time, it'll be enjoyable, something I want to do. Robert and I are talking about another spinoff show along the lines of the cartoon episodes that we do, but it'll be something short like the ammo dump. Okay. Like you and I do the half hour ammo dump. This would be something short like that. So, okay. uh, but it's to help. It will. Let's put it this way. It will help. I don't want to reveal too much in case we don't do it, but it will help people with the Star Wars expanded universe. Ooh. So that's vast. Yes. So it'll be quite the undertaking. <laughs> yeah. If we do it. Well, so. good luck to the both of you. Thank you. Uh, and you, you might join us. I might, I might sit in. On I was gonna say there's a few of them so. that I know that you'll probably want to sit on yeah. in on. So. Uh, and I know people would love it if all three of us can get together a little bit more oh, often. Oh, sure, so. yeah. Uh, if you uh-huh. do decide to get rid of some more stuff around the room and that uh, Castle Grayskull, no. let me know. No, it's not going. Let me know. I will be keeping that. So. All right, just, just check. All right, so we did have some, uh, some listener uh, feedback, so let's go into the Jedi Holocron. Jedi Holocron. Oh, I'm pulling this one out of the archives. Yeah. Right? <laughs> This one's been a year in the making, so sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so we did have quite a few, not quite a few, but we had a few emails, and I think people stopped emailing us because we, we weren't answering anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I kept them all. Yeah. So let's go, ahead, yeah. let's go ahead and jump into it. So we had uh, Jason send us an email. He uh, said, stay, stay star bitches. Last night I was sitting up. I with, love that kid. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> help it. He said, last night I was sitting up with a sick kid, and I got incredibly bored. Uh, through some online surfing, I found a cover of a strange-looking Batman stabbing a strange-looking Flash. I was intrigued. I did a little research and discovered the Flashpoint series. Uh, I quickly downloaded the number ones of Thomas Wayne and Hal Jordan. The Thomas Wayne issue was awesome. Uh, what a creepy concept. Yeah. Uh, he says, it's funny to think that in 75 years of the franchise, this idea has never been put into play. Uh, he says, when I was a kid in the late 80s, comic books were were worth big money. Nowadays, the value is way down. In spite of that, I'm seeing some incredibly brilliant story ideas come out. I've distanced myself from comics for several years now, but these storylines just might drag me back in. That's all I got. Uh, that's all I got, you sexy bitches. XOXO, best <laughs> Jason. Yeah. Well, hugs and kisses, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the Flashpoint stuff. That was really good. It yeah. kind of launched into Most the of it was good. I liked it. The main series was good. Sure, yeah, some of the, um, the tie ins were okay. Like the Hal Jordan one he's mentioning was it was good. It wasn't great. Uh, the Batman one was awesome. Yeah, that was good. And the the Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, that was, was really great. Good. Yeah, and that that those two tied very directly into the main story, uh, yeah. main series. Of you can the get story. the tie ins through trade. You can get the whole story through trade. Yeah. Kind of I really the enjoyed the DC it. universe. Yeah, launch. Really yeah, which some people regret that happening, but I like it. I'm, I'm fine with it. with it. Yeah, I'm good with it. I like it. It's there's been there's some haters out two there. Two years now. There's some haters. <laughs> Keith, 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 Keith. Let's go back to the old days. Keith, Keith. But you know it's Keith. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I like it. Um, what's been like? What two years though? Right. Um, uh, three Almost years. Three years. Is it? Yeah. There, I well, think, I think no, it's because three. the new Batman's at twenty something, so it's two years. In the yeah, two years, and they're going into the third year. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I've been reading so far ahead. They're already talking about like what they're going to do next September. They're going to do a five years later from what I've been hearing. Yeah, I heard on Facebook about that. Yeah, so a, a book that's set five years in the future. Yeah, and the big thing, it's an interesting I, premise. Back as far as something he was mentioning too, like back in the day, yeah, comics were worth more, but they were worth more because the print runs were a lot lower. 
and nobody saved him and kept him. Right, and then what happened? Then what happened was the '90s happened, where people thought that they could put their kid through college, but the problem was they were the comic industry was selling like a million copies of stuff. Like, I mean, there was only a few that sold a million, but they're like the numbers you have today that are the top selling books are the low numbers of back then. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just a different market. Now there are some series, especially outside of Marvel and DC, that sell for big money. Um, well, yeah, the because they were low print runs. You know, yeah, the original, you know, Eastman Laird. Well, I'm talking movies. about even stuff that comes out now, Today, like yeah. Saga. The issue number one of Saga sells for like fifty bucks. Yeah, and Walking it was Dead, Walking Dead, yeah. stuff like that. But that's because they were it's a smaller company with yeah. a lower print run, and then also these titles, really good. the yeah. titles become really hot, and people want those first issues. Sure. There's also ones where, again, low print run becomes a popular character, and you just can't predict it. So, like, to give an example, I sold my whole series of Harley Quinn. It was, like, issues 1 through 33 or something like that. It was the whole run. Yeah. I read it. I liked it. I didn't need to keep it. I sold it for, like, 150 bucks. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it was, like, it sold... I actually made money off of that. Yeah. So, but you never know when you're going to have a Harley Quinn character yeah, that's going to also become hot, hot and take off. And you're right. You want it, yeah. But I would say the big thing for me when it comes to comics, the value comes in me enjoying them. Like that's the only value I ever have with them anymore. Yeah, it's just your entertainment dollar. It's like, did I feel like I got my money's worth in an issue? So I got you. All right. So then we had an email from Cass. Uh, he says, hello guys, first I wanted to say I've also picked up some of the Star Wars Black Series figures. Uh, these included Luke, R2-D2, and the Stormtrooper. Uh, I was really impressed with the attention to detail and the quality of the figures. But I didn't pick up the Darth Maul figure. I thought that the character of Darth Maul in the movies was underdeveloped, to say the least. So I did not feel the need to pick up the figures, or the figure. And I'm not a big fan of the prequels, but lately I've been wanting to give the prequels a second chance. I've listened to other podcasts that have, that have people on that are fans of those movies. I've also watched some videos on YouTube, Red Letter Media and Belated Media, uh, pointing out a lot of the flaws in the movies. I wanted to get both your opinions on the prequels. Are they bad, good, or somewhere in the middle? Uh, from Cass. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad you're, you know... Checking things out. Yeah, as far as the the Black Series figures, I actually think the Darth Maul figure might be one of the strongest figures that they did. Just add aesthetically pleasing the eye as a figure. The amount of accessories you get. You can almost get two figures for the price of one. Um, I mean, there was so much potential with that figure, but he's right. They Oh, yeah. He should have have been the Darth Vader of the prequels. He should have been through all three movies and then maybe have Anakin actually kill him to become Darth Vader. Yeah, something like that. But, it, I mean, I, I actually enjoyed Dooku and Grievous oh, sure. and Maul. So you could have went that way with a But you could have still kept Maul around and still had a Grievous. You, yeah, you probably couldn't do a Dooku. But yeah, Dooku, was, to me, was a weaker character anyways, in my opinion. Darth Maul was way stronger than Dooku as far as a character. Yeah. Um, not as, I, I, as far I, as an I, actor. I like yeah. the actor that played Dooku. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I it's like in the original trilogy, Boba Fett was a underused yeah. character, and that's what exactly what you had here. You had yeah. Darth Maul took off. So, so yeah. um, as far as the prequels in general, what are your thoughts with them? I mean, I, I know, know we kind of expressed says, them yeah. before. But. I, I do like the prequels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel they're 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 okay. Yeah, they don't rank as far as high as the original Star no. Wars trilogy to me, not at all. But given what they are, they're they're Star Wars. They're canon. You get the characters that you like. You know, you're going to have C-3PO and R2-D2. Right. They're in there. You know, you're going to have, you know, 
Obi Wan Kenobi's in there, right. and Anakin's in there. Which for me, Obi Wan was probably, in my opinion, Obi Wan was the strongest character. McGregor, yeah. yeah. I, I it just the transition from the younger version to the older version. He did it seamlessly. Yeah. I thought he developed as a character. He makes me view the older Obi Wan in New Hope way know, different. Way left, better light. Yeah. yeah. And then you got the you got the whole clone thing going right. on too. So you got the introduction of the clones, which helped with the uh, Star Wars, the yep. the clones. Yeah, the Clone the Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, yeah. The cartoon animated one, which I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm glad they. I'm glad they were made. Yeah, I don't regret them ever being made. I'm glad they were made. They gave us so much more. I just Star think there was Story. things they could have done differently, yeah. which I think is what a lot of people feel. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't regret them being made. Um, maybe, I would maybe say regret them being made by Lucas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not gonna harp on. Them, um, so. I would I say like I would say it's like somewhere in between. Like it's not good. It's not bad. Like you were saying, is it somewhere in between? I would say it's somewhere in between. Yeah. I like them. To me. The original Star Wars trilogy had amazing moments with a good story. For me, the prequels just have amazing moments. It's not necessarily a good story. Like to me, the story falls apart. There's a lot of plot holes. There's a there's lot, a lot of, problems, of yeah. there's a lot of problems. They don't. They have problems. A lot of plot holes that cause a problem in the original yeah. trilogy. Because yeah. like Leia talking, like the big one that stands out for me every time is Leia talks about how her mom. When Luke asks Leia about her mom, she goes. Um, I only remember my mom a little bit. She was kind but sad and everything else. Well, Leia never knew her mom. Yeah, she, she knew or Bail Organa's wife, and I don't know if she referred to her as mom. Maybe but, she died later. But I like, just don't know. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, why would she be sad? It doesn't make sense why she would be sad. I understand why Leia's mom would be sad. Her real mom, if she had lived for a yeah. while. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and Padme dying of a broken heart and like cheesy stuff like that. I'm like, I don't need that. But then there's cool moments. Like I said, there's awesome moments. Like you have the Obi-Wan versus Jango Fett um, on the, oh, yeah, in yeah. the rain and everything else. That yeah. was awesome. Battle of Geonosis. Yeah, you have like the, yeah, the Battle of Geonosis is amazing. The whole uh, initial duel between Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and Darth Maul. Like, that's an amazing scene. Mace so, Windu and Jango. Yeah. So, like, there's some cool, really cool scenes, but I don't, yeah. I feel like the story and itself visually, falls visually apart. it was really... Oh really yeah, pleasing to the eye. And I think if it technology, I think if it made. didn't have the name Star Wars on it, I think people would be more receptive to it to those movies. But they just held it to a higher standard, exactly. Than Star Wars, and as they should, sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I, for me, I think it's that they're somewhere in between. I enjoy them when I watch them, but I don't watch them nearly as often as I watch the original trilogy. No, but no, not at all. But it did introduce some new characters that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So I. I got to give it props for that. Yeah. And again, with the Clone Wars cartoon, you got Cat Bane. Yep. You know, so that's another character I like. Yep. Um, and then uh, we had another email from Jason. He say, "Hey, he said, hey, you guys, I just finished listening to episode 104 and was really happy to hear Chuck from Guys with Toys podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, awesome crossover. It's <laughs> awesome. Thanks, buddy. Let's set it straight. <laughs> Chuck Chuck was here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Jason knows that. Yeah. He's just pulling our chain. He says, I'm really sorry to hear about your jobs. I've lost six jobs in the past four years, and it sucks Ouch, worse. Dude. He goes, it sucks worse than Transformers. He's the Transformers hater. No doubt. Um, yes, doubt. <laughs> it sucks worse than Beast Wars, I'll tell you that. Wow. What? He said, you buckaroos, just keep your heads up. Woo! I'm sure you'll find something. Yeah. Uh, he says, That's I just... Funny. He goes, I just found out that Joe Khan is going to be in Dallas this April, and he plans to attend. Uh, I'm considering making the journey, but I'd like to know some people there. Take care, fellas. Thank you, Jason. Um, I'm not planning on going. 
Um, yeah, I, Dallas is a little far from Ohio. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> that and considering the, the job thing right now, so I right. can't commit to anything. Yeah. Um, if I have to give an answer right now, it's probably going to be no. Right. And, and obviously, I had fun. Yeah, the I did too. one was in Indiana. Indiana and I think that's... <laughs> and I think the I think the thing for me is now that I've experienced it, I don't think I would travel that far for it. I really enjoyed it, but I don't feel like it's a show that you should have to fly to. No, it's it's a glorified toy show. Yeah. is what it is basically, with some added things to it. I mean, there are some things there's besides panels just the, and yeah. things like that. There's reveals. There's panels. Yeah, but when you break it down to what it is, it's a it's a big toy show. Like, if you can drive, if you have to only drive like six, seven hours to get to it, it's worth it. I'll drive five or six, yeah. yeah, to drive. Yeah. Um, but if and you, if you're a Joe fan, it's worth it. Yeah. If, if yeah. Basically, I know people. And if you know people, again, he's referring to like if thing. you know people. If you know people, that makes it so much better. Sure. I mean, we knew people going in, even right. though it's our first time. We, we knew, knew guys. What's the mind, guys? Robert uh, Atkins was there. Right. We knew uh, Roma uh, Collectibles guys. Right. Aaron uh, and Kenny was we there. Knew Kavanaugh. Yeah, James Cavanaugh was there. Right, so we knew all of them. And uh, Flavor Dave yeah. was there. And we never met a lot of these people, but we knew them. Yeah. And they knew us, and so this was a great time for us to finally see each other yeah, face to face. Yeah, that's where we met you know, uh, Dave Draper from Guys With Toys. Right. You know, the former and the What's Dave. On Your Mind guys, we never met face-to-face before that, so... Did we not? No. no. Yeah, I no. guess so, yeah. That was the first time. Yeah, we, we Skyped with him a couple times. Right. We actually met, met him, yeah. Right. Gary and Mike and Justin. Right. Chuck was a no-show, of course. Right. He doesn't leave his house. I don't know if I want to meet Chuck anyway. No, I've met enough Chucks in my life. Yeah, one's enough. <laughs> um, one's enough. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say that if you do know people, uh, we can put a call out finding out if there's any listeners of this show that are going to go. Yeah, and put a thread on the forums if you guys want to go and you guys want to meet up. And then we can let Jason know, hey, here's some people that are going that are list fellow listeners and... I mean, everyone we've ever met through this show has always been great people. So. Yeah, the people we met that were really good. I mean, there was nobody who was a giant, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, even, but I mean, even at, like, other uh, conventions, like, anyone we've met for the first time that listened to us, yeah. that we've actually met in person, been cool. have always been great people. Yeah. And those people have gotten to know each other. Yeah, like, made some cool friends. There's a lot of listeners like that. that have yeah, met each other. Yeah, Travis and Nick, same yeah. day. So it's, yeah. And you got uh, Grub and John and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, like... It, it's Star Joe's brings people together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, then we had a voicemail uh, from from a, a John <laughs> bringing people together more than Chris Hansen and Predators. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> is that too much? And, Bar, and, and, I, and, and, and the funny thing is, I had uh, Predator the movie in my head, and I'm like, how is he? Putting together Chris Hansen and the Predator together. Um, I'm a sexual predator. I got, I got it. The kid from Dateline, that's Chris Hansen, right? Yes. Is it yeah. Hansen? Ham, I think so. Chris Hansen? One of the Hansen brothers, yeah. Mbop. Wow. 
you, why did you play the song? That was ridiculous. You, you have to. Uh, well, okay. So anyway, we do a voicemail from. Uh, it is catchy. From another. <laughs> All right, go ahead. From one of our listeners, yeah. we're gonna play that for you. Hey guys, it's John. A uh, long time no talk. I um, just wanted to chip in on what I just heard from the last episode. Um, as for the, the top five, the alternate modes of the Transformers, personally, I was actually a real fan of the stuff from the DreamWorks War Within stuff, um, mostly because my favorite part of Transformers is kind of the pre-Earth stuff when they're still kicking the crap out of each other during the Civil War. I even like the, the Transformers novels by um, whatever his name is, Alex Irvine or whatever the heck, because it all takes place prior to that, but I thought having Grimlock as the leader was kind of cool, and, and I kind of liked his alt mode, and I just kind of like the way they all look similar to their G1 Earth modes, but not quite. Um, I'm also pimping the, the G.I. Joe stuff that I'm working on. Um, I've just about got the first book all written out, and I'm just typing it up, and I'm going to definitely send a copy to uh, to you guys just so you can take a look at it and see what you think. It primarily deals with Action Force, um, as opposed to G.I. Joe, but it's kind of a setup. Uh, the, I, I imagine Action Force is like a precursor to the actual Joe team because I'm taking the stance kind of from the movies where G.I. Joe is an international organization, so they kind of get their lead from the British and uh, and the Action Force. So keep it up. This episode was great. Um, and uh hope to, you know, I'll be looking forward to the next one. All right, thanks, guys. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate yeah. it. Sorry you didn't get played sooner, but... So that is, that's uh, John. He uh, has actually been very active on Facebook. Yeah, he is writing kind of like you know fan fiction, fan fiction yeah. for GI Joe, and you know he's he's like I I want to make you love these characters and then kill them. Nice. <laughs> so, so I figured that's something you could get behind. Hell but yeah, that's what I told him once they're ready, you know, put it out there. Um, and if he wants us to, we can put it out for other people to read also. But I know he's very interested in us reading it. And yeah, I'll read it. And we can page. read it and we can pimp it. Absolutely. As far as the Transformers stuff, uh, he loves the War Within That's series, uh, which I think is something we'll probably cover at some point. Um, that honest, The time period that he's talking about, as far as before Earth, is exactly my favorite Transformers time period, or at least that's what became my favorite mm-hmm. one in the recent year or so, because I really... Got latched on to the uh, the video games of like War for Cybertron and and Fall of Cybertron, and I got the figures that went with a lot of those, which are like he said, have really Different cool alt yeah. modes. I like those; they're they're really cool. It's one of yeah. my favorite you know incarnations of the Transformers. So what I would tell him to, to check out is there is there was a digital comic series that came out called Transformers Autocracy, mm-hmm. which you can actually get in trade now. Yeah. And Monstrosity, which came out in digital form as well as issues, but I believe that's out in trade now also. Autocracy and Monstrosity both deal with early Cybertron days, the when the war first began. Okay. So if you like that time period, I would highly recommend it. Uh, again, it's something we're probably going to cover as a time period next year. Uh, Chuck and I were talking about next year as the 30th anniversary of Transformers. And we'll probably do a few spotlights on different time periods of Transformers yeah. and stuff like that. So makes sense. So look forward to that. The other thing I would recommend checking out if you like the Cybertronian alt modes is maybe check out the current Transformers comics that are out there, the Robots in Disguise and More Than Meets the Eye, because now they are off of Earth, and so they have different alt modes now. They don't have the stereotypical big rig or ambulance and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they have the Cybertronian versions, so... 
So and you again, might, I guess what happened, they, you know, in Transformers history lore, when they, you know, see another vehicle, they, they disguised as that to blend in. Right. So. And, I mean, I love the Dreamwave stuff, and it'll probably be one of the things we do cover, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, War Within was amazing. Too bad it, it ran short. Yeah. Dreamwave ran out of money and couldn't afford to finish the one miniseries. They did do one miniseries, but then I think they were doing the Dark Ages miniseries, yeah. which was War Within, and that's the one where they didn't finish it. I think they were one issue away. Yeah. Um, well, there's also like the the Shattered Glass stuff. Yeah. So we we got to definitely touch on that. Yeah, and believe it or not, I found issue three of the BotCon stuff, which oh, is nice. the Shattered Glass. Nice. So I'll be able to actually read that and maybe understand a little bit more of, uh, what was it, issue seven, which was the invasion for Shattered Glass. So we can yeah. talk about that as well. Very nice. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend Autocracy and Monstrosity. Like I said, they're both in trade. Um, and they take place before the whole Earth thing happens. So, so check that out. Cool. Uh, we did have a few questions from the forums. Alrighty. Uh, Starfighter asked, "Would you ever do a reading of the Choose Your Own Adventure GI Joe books as a segment on the podcast? They are short reads and could be fun to decide on the path that the Star Joes take. I have not read them all, but it would be fun to listen to again, as I did not read every path either from the few that I have read." Uh, he says, I have five or six uh, I could send. So, That's I know, a great idea. We yeah. should do that. <laughs> I like the idea. We should do it, and every every time we pick a path, we should take a shot. <laughs> Maybe start making worse and worse decisions. Yeah. decisions. Go down the hole! <laughs> Don't go down the hole! <laughs> That's um, a good idea. Yeah. And we should see, that, uh, there should be a way that we can each do our own path without the other person knowing which path they took. <laughs> I wish there was some way to do that, like, where you... Well, you'd have to read it and do a book report on it. Right, or something, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it would be fun, like, I, I read it and you make choices, and then you read one and I make choices or something like that. Then we all that. do shots. Right. <laughs> that's, that's got merit. You just want to do something where you're drinking. Right, that idea's got merit. Where is Chuck's Cheap Beer Corner? Where has that been? We're waiting for sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sponsorship. I'm in, I'm in talks with Anheuser Busch. I mean, if there's ever a time that you should be drinking cheap beer, it's right now. I know, right? <laughs> I can't afford cheap beer right now. But uh, so anyway, if you guys want to send some money and donate to the show? I did take a look at cheap beer after seeing this question. I did take a look, and there are some cheap uh, editions of the book you can find for like eight, nine bucks. There are some that are really expensive. Sure, sure. Um, they but, don't even have them at the library. I used to get them as a kid at the library. And could, would, you know, I could check. You I could, doubt it. You could check. Um, Amazon, yeah. But yeah, I looked at Amazon. Like I said, there's some that are like 40 bucks for a book. I'm not going to pay that. But like I said, some of them are like eight bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'll pay eight bucks for a stupid little skit thing. I can justify eight bucks. Sure. Uh, Grub threw in, he says, or if you guys could uh, find one of those old read-alongs with the tape books that they used to have. <laughs> nice. I've got some of the Masters ones. Yes. But they're records. Yeah. I could probably find a tape. I don't have a tape player anymore, honestly. I have a tape player downstairs. All right, well, we're going to record down there. I could yeah. Record, yeah, we can record down there and play it. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how well that would we'll work. comment. Don't he, man, no! <laughs> or I could at least try. Remember when I did the voices? Yeah. I'll get you! <laughs> or what I could do more realistically when the chime rings turn the page is I could try to record it see how well it comes out and then I can convert it to an mp3 <laughs> if you want to get all digital on it, you're losing some of the, the no you're still recording it in that same sound quality uh, but I would have it more it's like the people who like the vinyl 
Right. And using some of those hisses and pops. But you would have the hisses and pops because you're recording it off of right from the record or right from the... I don't get it. Keep going. So you're recording it the way it sounds. And then we would have it up here in the room and I can pause it and stop it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah so, <laughs> Dr. Quest had a question. He says, I have a question. When, you hear, when I hear people say I'm a big He-Man or Transformers collector, what they really mean is I collect the toys. No one collects the other things like sleeping bags, trading cards, or even other toy, uh, uh, or other toys other than the action figure line. No, there are people who do. He says, when I collected Star Wars, I picked up anything Star Wars, even a roll of Star Wars wallpaper. Yeah. Do you guys think nowadays figures are really the only thing people want, or is the other stuff not out there anymore to collect? I, you know what? I, I would i almost disagree with that just a little bit. And, and thanks for the question, Dr. Yeah. I, we appreciate Dr. Quest. Uh, Chris, there are people who do collect Masters Universe, and all they collect is Masters Universe. So anything with the Masters of the Universe logo on it, they'll buy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it would be like when the 2000X stuff came out in the, you know, the early 2000s, they threw that logo on, like, toothpaste and little cups, disposable Dixie cups. Yeah. You know, sleeping bags, like you said, uh, paper plates, yep. you know, birthday party invitations. People collect and buy all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's there's people who just collect that and that's it. Yeah. Same thing with Star Wars. People will collect anything Star Wars at all, like the little things in Target. Yeah. You know, a Pez dispenser. It's, oh, it's yeah. Chewbacca Pez. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> right. And I was like that for a while. Yeah, for a little bit. I, I mean, I do have some uh, other things besides He-Man figures. Yeah. I have some books and stuff like that. Like, I just came across uh, cleaning out some stuff, and I'm keeping these, but I just came across a, a, a sheet of Star Wars stamps. Yeah. Oh, puffy stickers. Fun. That's another thing. Yeah. Stickers, puffy stickers. You know. um, I also have Marvel, Marvel stamps. They were all, like, someone, I think my wife bought them for me. Yeah. She couldn't remember if she did or not. Like but, rubber stampers? No, these were, like, uh, postage stamps. Oh, okay. Cool. Like, U.S. Yeah. issued 41-cent postage stamps. It was yeah. There was a Star Wars one, and there was a Marvel Universe one. Oh, that's cool. I remember um, I had, like, a, my aunt worked at the post office, and she got me, like, an Elvis Presley stamp. Like, yeah, it was like that. Or something like that. Yeah, these were the official release from, yeah, the, from the post office. Yeah. Um, so there's there's things like that, and I'm holding on to them because I'm a, cl- a collector of that. Yeah, I think I, I, when I'm a collector, I'm, I don't collect just the action figures. I mean, right. it's easier to because sure. that's a representation of the character. Mm-hmm. But I collect the figures, the comic books, you know, almost anything related to that. Right. I collect the figures. I collect the, the comics, uh, obviously. Um, I collect oh, Lego Star Wars. The, Lego, yeah, I have. You know, I have Turtles, some of the Lego Batman. Yeah, I have some of the Lego Star Wars. Yeah. I have some of the Lego Turtles toys. Um, you know, just not figures, just toys right. too. I collect uh, videos. So video games. I I did the video games for a yeah. while. Um, a lot. I'm kind of out of the video game world these days. Yeah, I still have the time for that. But, well, I got time, but I just don't do it. <laughs> but like. Like, if you come out with a new Star Wars documentary, I most likely am going to pick it up. Yeah, books. You know, you know things like that. Novels. Oh, regular novels, I pick up all, I have all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> right behind us here, there's a there's a chess set. And yes. It's, it's Batman. It's the Batman chess set, yeah. But it's it's not figures, it's a game. Right. So, I mean, it's you know, something else to collect. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, well, some people, they just collect the figures and that's yeah. it. But, you know. Now, I don't collect the Star Wars bedsheet anymore. But that stuff's still out there. You can sure. still find it. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, it's probably most likely the prequel stuff. But as, yeah. hey, let's put it this way. Once Disney gets the first movie out there, you're going to see Star Wars everything. Well, you see Star Wars everything almost now. But right. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Um, look how big Avengers was, and there was Avengers everything. Like, Aven- I saw Avengers everywhere. 
Yeah, I remember so, the cereal boxes and right. stuff like that. I was actually surprised I, I didn't had, see Avengers cereal. If I had a chance and could really pick up an old box of C three POs, you know, right. the cheap, yeah, I would probably do it. Yeah, I wouldn't need it. <laughs> well, I would have the flattened box. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd probably get rid of the cereal. Well, I don't know. Yeah, leave it, see- leave it sealed. I would try. <laughs> yeah, leave it sealed. If it's open, it ruins would... its integrity. Oh yeah, if it's if it's sealed box of cereal, I would probably leave it sealed. Speaking of cereal, I like cereal. I I do too. I went shopping the other day. How do you feel for Captain Crunch? I love Captain Crunch. Fruity Pebbles? I love Fruity Pebbles. They're good, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, speaking of which... Honey Nut Cheerios? I love Honey Nut Cheerios. Who don't? Right. All right, go ahead. I picked up a box of Golden Grahams. Love Golden Grahams. Sure. One of my favorites. Picked it up because I wanted Golden Grahams. I didn't look at the box. I just grabbed Golden Okay, there's Golden Grahams. Grabbed it. Then I noticed as I'm putting it into the cart, there's a Star Wars pen inside. I've seen those, yes. yeah. So then, those crunch, yeah. So then I was going to buy another box of something, so I purposely then looked for a box that had a Star Wars pen. <laughs> Did you get one yet? Yeah. So I the got, only one I've, I've got twice, I've got the Cedar Bio twice. I got Darth Vader. Nice. Uh, I didn't open the other box that has the other pen in it, so I don't know go what's get in the it. other one. <laughs> I don't, I'll, go get, I'll show you after the show. No, we gotta let Leo know what you got. No, I'll tell him next time. It'll, it'll be something to wait for. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm gonna see it today, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a good example of like my brain goes. I mean, if I thought logically, like I don't need a cheap little plasticky pen because they are cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're ridiculous. They do write well. But and you're like, do but, I really need a box of like uh, King Vitamin or something? Right. But Crackling yeah, yes. brand. the answer is yes. yes, yes. I'll eat it. <laughs> so it might not have been my first choice, but I'm gonna eat it. Right. I, I don't normally go for Apple Jacks, but it had the Star Wars pen in it. <laughs> right. So, I, like, I like Apple Jacks. Okay, yeah, it's not my normal go. I have to be in the mood for Apple Jacks. Sure, but I like them. Yeah, they're good. I, mean, I will take Apple Jacks over Fruit Loops. Fuck no. Yeah. You're you're in, you're on crack. No, no. Fruit Loops are the best. I like Fruit Loops. I like Fruit Loops better than Tricks. Oh, I do too. Well, that's a that's, given. That's a hierarchy for me. <laughs> exactly. I go Apple Jacks, Fruit Loops, then Tricks. No, no, no. Fruit Loops are better than Apple Jacks. No, I don't. Because you get so. all the fruit flavors, not just apple or Jack. It doesn't taste like apple or Jack. I don't even know why it's called Apple Jacks. <laughs> I don't know, but I think it does. I don't know why I know what Jack tastes like. <laughs> There's a question. <laughs> Oh, you got a name Jack out there. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, knows me you, up. Ryan knows what you taste like. Get <laughs> me up. Mm. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, we also had, <laughs> moving on, we also had uh, Starfighter posted on the forums. He says, I'm listening to episode 100 at the moment and find it very cool that Robert Atkins has joined the squadron full time. Uh, it was also neat to hear him talk about the G.I. Joe game that he is doing uh, some of the art for. He's doing a lot of the art for it. Yeah. Um, he's still working on that. Yeah. Just to let you know. Robert joining the show, it, it was a tough decision because we had to vote on it, and we were deadlocked for like five votes. <laughs> five votes. Oh, OU812 broke the tie. Yeah. <laughs> Who, by the way, we forgot to thank for being with us from the beginning of the, the series in episode 100. We meant to thank OU812. Yeah, he got pissed and left. Yeah. He hasn't been back since. We've just been used recycling the same bumper over and yeah. over again. I don't know where that kid's at, but... He'll he's, turn up one day. He's an assassin droid, so you might want to be on the lookout. He'll turn up one day. Right. Uh, he said, would you consider adding a segment every once in a while to the show based on the G.I. Joe or Transformers mobile games? I'm loving the card art, and I'm addicted to the G.I. Joe Battleground game. You could talk more about the latest events, new characters, up, character updates, and what your current squad is. Just a suggestion. Then we can mention it. it might we can mention segment. I haven't been playing it as much as I was when it first came out. Like when it first came out, I was playing it every day. Yeah. And now I, I play I, it I like downloaded it to my phone and played a little bit. But yeah. I, 
It went through an update, and I didn't update it. And I, I've been playing Marvel Alliance. Oh, okay, Alliance, yeah. The Avengers. Yeah, Avengers kind of Alliance, stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been playing that. Daryl Taylor kind of put yeah. me on that. For a minute, so. <laughs> I've been playing that. It's pretty good. It's, um, it's one of those things that, much like what he's saying, is I'm interested in it because of the art. Yeah. The game is just okay. It's simple game. It's basically same thing with Transformers. Turn, I take my turn. You take your turn. I yeah. take my turn. Same thing with the, the Transformers one. It's just it's it, the art is awesome. Yeah. But the game is like it's not a lot of there's not a lot of game to it. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there's not even like a lot of strategy to it. It's like now the the, the He-Man game, not the keep on the He-Man game, cool. the He-Man game for the, the iPod or iPad. That was really cool. Yeah, side scroller, and you can actually you know there was actual action. Yeah. yeah. Where these are just kind of role playing. Yeah, and it's not even like there's certain points where it splits yeah. into two paths, and there's not even like there's a right path to go down. You eventually get to the end the no matter thing. what. Yeah, no matter what. And I'm like, well, it'd be kind of cooler if. There was the, you had to backtrack or you something. You had to backtrack or, like, this, this was the wrong yeah. path to go down, and now you're up against 100 bats. <laughs> yeah. I like the game. I enjoy it, but I enjoy it for the art. So I've only been playing it maybe once a week, once every two weeks. I haven't been playing it as much as I was before. So I don't know about a whole segment on it. Robert might be able to talk about more. Like, maybe when I do the animated episodes with him, I can have him talk a little bit more about the what he's working on for it. And maybe what characters we might see coming up if he's allowed to. So, but yeah. And he said, he also says, I just found that a lot of the art is now on the G.I. Joe Battleground wiki. Oh, so, cool. which is pretty cool. So, so that was all the uh, the listener feedback. All right, cool. So that that was everything there. No uh, no I, new iTunes reviews. We're at, we're at forty two and holding. Yeah. So so we need some need some iTunes reviews. So let's get to forty five and then we'll push for fifty. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we'll push for fifty five. <laughs> right. That's how we do it. <laughs> but we are climbing in our Twitter. Uh, people following us on Twitter, which is oh, pretty cool. awesome. Thanks. Uh, Facebook actually, numbers have gone up a little bit. Yeah, I've been since I've been doing those uh, comic reviews mm-hmm. uh, on the Facebook fan page. I've actually had some of the writers and artists notice the comic reviews and like grateful for it and everything else. Yeah, and, I just saw the Jeremy Dale. Yeah, Jeremy Dale. He liked the Star Wars. Um, started his fan page. Yeah, the creators of uh, Imagine Agents. Uh, they Brian Joins, I think is his name, and uh, Bakken is the artist. Uh, they both noticed it, uh, that I made comments, because I really love the issue. So, mm-hmm. And I'm going to mention those titles in, in a future like Hammer Dump episode. So. Um, so you want to get into some Castlevania here? Yeah, we might as well. All right, so uh, I, th- I thought it'd be appropriate if we had Vincent Price set the mood for for this segment. Nice, take it away, Mr. Price. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. 
And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Alright, so, uh... That's still creepy. Na- oh, it's still creepy. It's still good. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmare tonight because of that. Yeah. Well, when you want, when you want a, like, a horror movie, you know, narrator or something like that, that's your good yeah, guy. exactly. Except or even an actor. Isn't he dead now? Well, yeah, he died a long time right. ago, but still. I don't know how we got him. I just don't know. <laughs> movie magic? <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Castlevania. Uh, I have a lot of factoids here. Feel free to jump in. Konami. Uh, I figured, yeah, <laughs> I figured what we would cover is the first three games. We can talk about the franchise as a whole, but the sure. first three games are probably the ones that you and I even remember playing. Sure. Um, so Castlevania was known as a, uh, Kumajo Dracula, which literally transfers translates to Devil's Castle Dracula. Nice. Uh, which, as a kid, I didn't even know Castlevania was the name of the castle, to be honest with you. I, I was like, uh, okay, it's called Castlevania, it's Transylvanian castles. That's yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's what it was called in Japan, and uh, it's a video game series created and developed by Konami, as you had mentioned. It centers around which family? Do you know what the family name is that hunts Dracula? Belmont. Right, yeah. the Belmonts. Uh, it's a clan of vampire hunters, and they fight with Dracula. Uh, the series debuted in Japan on September 26, 1986, with the release of the Family Computer Disk System, FDS. Never even heard of it. Uh, it was followed by an alternate version for the MSX2 platform on October 30th. Hmm. Um, although the MSX2 port was released first outside of Japan, the series did not receive wide attention outside of Japan until the FDS version was ported to cartridge format for... Nintendo. Exactly. <laughs> and That's it was lo- where I found it. Right. <laughs> and it was localized for North American and European releases uh, of Castlevania in 1987. So that's when we came across it. Right. Which, I didn't realize that it was that late in the 80s. Yeah, I remember it was in the late 80s. I mean, I know Nintendo came out late. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, But for some reason in my head, I still equate it to the early days, and I know it wasn't, but... uh, The Castlevania titles have been released on various platforms, from early systems like the Nintendo system to modern consoles. Uh, It has also been released for pocket PCs and mobile phones. Do you want to take a guess at how many Castlevania games have been made? Total with total, everything? Total with everything. 20. Higher. 30. <laughs> Higher. 40. 41. Shut the mouth. <laughs> really? 41 Castlevania games when you add Jesus. them all up. There's this, some I haven't played, obviously. Right. <laughs> and we're only going to cover the first three. Yeah, so. there's a um, The success of Castlevania series has resulted in Guinness uh, World Records awarding the series... Uh, seven world records in the Guinness World Records Gamers Edition 2008. These records include most games in an action-adventure series, largest number of platforms uh, for one series, and the longest Castlevania title for the 1999 release, Castlevania Legacy of Darkness. Oh, so it, it won for longest Castlevania title. <laughs> so out of all Somebody the Somebody had to win. <laughs> right. I would think a Castlevania title would win that one. It's a, pretty much a gimme award. Right. Uh, the earliest games borrowed source material from motifs in iconic horror and cinema and other monsters from the universal horror uh, yeah. and Hammer era of, of films. Uh, examples include werewolves, Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, Medusa, yeah. Grim Reaper, and Count Dracula himself. Yeah. Uh, the earlier games paid uh, homage to these films, and the staff 
uh, role for the original Castlevania mentioned parody names modeled after famous people associated with horror genres, such as Brom Dro- uh, yeah. Stoker. Yeah, Stoker yeah. Is that Brom Stoker? Yeah. Uh, a play on Brom Stoker, uh, the writer of the original Dracula novel. Later games also include many monsters from mythological sources. Most of the Castlevania video game franchise has been about the vampire hunting family of the Belmonts and Dracula. Almost every hundred years, Dracula is resurrected, and generally the Belmonts must defeat him. Though most games in the series involve the Belmonts or their descendants, uh, some protagonists such as Soma Cruz and Alucard are completely unrelated. Yeah, Alucard, yeah. yeah. Unrelated to the Belmonts. Belmonts, yeah. Uh, the series is loosely based on Bram Stoker's novel Dracula. The novel is, is included in the official timeline of the series, believe it or not. Right. And the timeline actually came with the game Castlevania Bloodlines, uh, taking place shortly after the novel. Uh, the connection even goes so far as to claim that Quincy Morris, a character from the novel, is in fact a Belmont descendant. <laughs> so. Cool. Uh, the most iconic weapon in the series is. The whip? Yes. Yeah, Do you know what the name of the whip is? The whip. No, no, no. <laughs> Vampire killer. Okay. Uh, you probably could have guessed that. <laughs> Slayer. Uh, it is the legendary weapon used by the Belmonts in the fights against Count Dracula, although it is sometimes passed through uh, other families as well. Other names and terms used for it are the mystic whip, which is kind of how I knew it. Uh, that's how, the name I remember. And the whip of alchemy. Uh, the story of its origin is shown in Castlevania Lament of Innocence, which is one of the games, uh, where it is created by Ronaldo uh, Gandolfi. So Gandalf created it. Uh, Goes back. <laughs> and he created it for Leon Belmont. He's a brother. <laughs> <laughs> Leon Belmont. He's a hobbit. <laughs> who, who's the vampire hunter with all the... <laughs> Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Leon. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Get some uh, This whip is later fused with the soul of Leon's betrothed, Sarah Trantul, to create the vampire killer. Nice. Uh, a similar but different whip is used by the main character, Nathan Graves, in Castlevania's Circle of the Moon. Uh, the hunter's whip uh, can be augmented with magic to enhance its capabilities in the wielder depending, and the wielder depending on what is equipped. Uh, there are extra weapons available such as fire, knives, and axes. Do you remember one of the enhancements that the whip was able to do from the games? Like one of the things that you could yeah, make it more you powerful. Yeah, you could uh, the whip, and you could there's like a like a chain on it. And, yeah, you know, spike ball. Became a morning star. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then there was one. I remember one other power grade from that. Like you took it from the was it the, a fire or something? Yes, like that? Yeah. the fire. That's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. So, um, but yeah, you could turn it from a leather whip to like a, a chain mace to then a fire chain mace. And yeah, that was when it's badass. Hell yeah. Um, according to the game Portrait of Ruin, only those possessing the Belmont uh, Warlord chromosomes are able to use the whip's uh, full potential without paying a price. For the whip simply drains the life of users who are not of the Belmont lineage. Hmm. Uh, this was learned by John Morris after his battle with Dracula. He noticed that his injuries never healed. Unable to fully utilize the vampire killer's whip, uh, kill, killer whip's powers without harming his own life, he soon succumbed and, and died. Uh, however, his son, Jonathan Morris, was able to receive the whip's full power for a short time through a ritual that was performed by the Licardi sisters. Uh, the ritual required Jonathan to defeat the whip's memory of the previous owner, which was an entity bearing the likeness of uh, Richter Belmont. Uh, after Jonathan defeated a, va- uh, defeated a vampire by the name of Brawner, 
who was utilizing Dracula's power, the whip soon returned to the Belmont family. <laughs> so an official timeline of the uh, uh, in English was released along with Castlevania's 20th anniversary edition of Portrait of Ruin in 2006. Uh, you can actually find it very easily easily online. Uh, I found several copies of it online, and it's, it's kind of cool because it gives the timeline of all the different video games and everything. So, yeah, cool. another timeline released by Konami on their Japanese website uh, came out in 2007. This timeline does not include Circle of the Moon, Legacy of Darkness, and Castlevania 64 as part of canon. So, evidently, they don't consider those three games part of the canon of Castlevania. Uh, so, you always have those canon crazy people that yeah. like, well, does this count? Does this not count? Uh, Castlevania Lord of Shadows is a reboot of the franchise, so that's the one that just came out for the platforms like a few years ago. Okay. Um, and it features Gabriel Belmont on a quest to defeat the the uh, Lord of Shadows. While it does indeed feature the usual Castlevania motifs of vampires, werewolves, and the undead, the plot is set before the rise of Dracula. Um, we knew we had to drop the existing timeline and story. This would uh, be a new story that would not tie in directly to anything that had come before so that new players could uh, just jump straight in. Uh, that's what the creators had to say. Uh, it's not part of the so-called timeline. This is an original standalone product. We didn't want to follow the timeline because we felt it would put us in a bit of a box in terms of what we could do creatively. So, kind of makes sense, uh, but it's also why they, it's not considered part of canon again. Yeah. Um, but I remember, just to let people know out there, you can find a lot of games these days, uh, the story of the game, on YouTube. Yeah. Like, you'll actually walk, watch a walkthrough. Walk through like, game, yeah. someone will do an hour and a half or two hours of the game, and they'll actually make it like the movie production. Yeah. I watched... Uh, the both Transformers games that way, even though I played them, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't play them all the way through. But I was able to see the full story by watching these things. They're, they're done like almost movie quality. Yeah, they're pretty good. I've seen a couple. Um, of them too. And I did watch the Lord of Shadows one a while back, and it's really cool looking with all the cutscenes and everything else. So mm-hmm. I would definitely say it's worth checking out. Because um, what a lot of times they do is they take out the fight, the fight scenes, or like only show you a little bit of the fight scenes, like the main bosses and maybe a couple of the minions, and that's it. They don't show you every second of gameplay. The series is is known for the differences differences between the Japanese and English versions, particularly in earlier installments. The localization uh, process usually removes a heavy share of violence, nudity, and religious imagery. So the the English versions get rid of the the nudity. Sorry. Yeah. So I know that probably upsets you. Yeah. It did. <laughs> Removal of such materials prevalent in Nintendo and Super Nintendo titles. Yeah, censored. And yeah, like Dracula's Curse and Super Castlevania IV. Uh, the music for the first Castlevania game was composed by Sato Terashima uh, at, shortly after graduating from college. Cool. So uh, Yamashita was credited under the pseudonym James Banana for her work on the Disk System version of the game. Nice. <laughs> Uh, most of Castlevania's music changes from game to game, but some of the themes recur often. Uh, these include Vampire Killer, uh, and com- which was composed by Terashima, and Bloody Tears, uh, first composed by Kenichi Matsubara. Hmm. And uh, also a song called The Beginning by Jun Fanahashi. I get to read all these fun I've never heard of any of them, but yeah. <laughs> uh, these three tracks appeared in Castlevania, Castlevania 2, and Castlevania 3, which are the three games we're going to cover today. Uh, several songs, including both Vampire Killer and Blood to Tears, were also featured in the soundtracks of other Konami games. 
Uh, Chicago band, Nyan, uh, uh, recorded an album centered around each character in the Castlevania universe entitled To Vanquish This Horrible Night in 2013. Wow. Recently. <laughs> so, someone really likes Castlevania. Yeah. Uh, the Castlevania franchise has received significant amounts of critical acclaim, with the most acclaimed being uh, game being Symphony of the Night. That's a really good one. Is it? I haven't played that one. Yeah. So uh, It's for the PlayStation. PlayStation yeah. yeah. And uh, most panned being Judgment. Uh, so... With this, the scores for Symphony of the Night being 93 and Judgment being 49. So pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and that was on Metacritic and on game rankings. Uh, Symphony of the Night got 93.38% and uh, Judgment got a 52.71%. So uh, many of the games have appeared on lists of best games ever. Uh, Symphony of the Night appeared at number 16 on IGN's top 100 games and was one of the uh, first to be introduced on uh, GameSpot, uh, the greatest games of all time. So both acclaimed, uh, both acclaimed the game to successfully make uh, a game in 2D while the industry was moving to 3D. So that was the cool thing about it, was, it was they were still doing a successful 2D game when yeah. everyone else was going to 3D. Uh, Castlevania III Dracula's Curse was named the ninth best 8-bit game by Game Trailers. And Super Castlevania 4 was named the 11th best game of the Super Nintendo system by Screw Attack on their top 20 SNN games. Nice. The series uh, as a whole was also named uh, one of the fourth best franchises in, uh, in games ever by IGN, uh, only behind Final Fantasy, Legend of Zelda, and Mario. So, so those are my favorites. And yeah, some good company right there, so... Going into the first game, Castlevania, the original, uh, what do you kind of remember with the first one? I mean, I assume you played it. Yeah. Um, was that your first game of Castlevania that you played? Yeah, or? it was the first one I played. Okay. Um, basically, you, you start out, you, you break the, the fire lamps, the torches and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and the weapons would come out, and right. you side-scrolling, obviously, right. Simon Belmont, and... You fight the bosses and the little minions and stuff yeah. like that and try to work your way toward Dracula. Yep. This was actually my second Castlevania game. The first one I ever played was Simon's Quest. Oh, the second one? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I went back and picked this one up and found out it was very different. <laughs> yeah, I like the the first one better than... Oh, see, I like Simon's Quest way better. But I'm more of a role-playing game type guy. Yeah, maybe because so that's why. Yeah. Um, so, going into the first one, the very first console title, Castlevania, was released in 1986 by Konami. Uh, it was a typical platform game, like we were just discussing. Uh, you take on the role as of Simon Belmont, a descendant of the Belmont clan, uh, and he travels to Dracula's demonic castle, which is known as Castlevania, and he fights his way through the castle, destroying Dracula himself and the castle. Yep. Uh, Belmont's main weapon was called the Vampire Killer, as we discussed, uh, while the secondary weapons are powered by hearts, collected by attacking candles and killing monsters, like you were just mentioning. Right. Uh, secondary weapons available are daggers, holy water, flying axe, and the boomerang, boomerang yeah. uh, cross. Yep. Uh, hidden items such as uh, power-ups and food Potions, yeah. uh, are also found by attacking walls within the levels. And uh, a feature inspired by Nintendo's Super Mario Brothers. So that's where that came. That idea came from. Yeah. Um, released in the United States of America on May 1st, 1987, for the Nintendo Entertainment System, Castlevania began a series of games 
that has now spanned well over 25 years. Uh, Castlevania is a one-player game in which you play as Simon Belmont. Uh, and the synopsis for it is... It is the year 1691. Transylvania has been at peace for 100 years now, and the peasants and villages have begun to purge their minds of the memories of the times when the lands were dominated by chaos and shadows, and when the undead walked the earth. However, Count Dracula returns every 100 years to plague the land, bringing with him evil forces, and it just so happens that the people of Transylvania's time has run out. The Prince of Darkness has returned to his ancestral home of Castlevania and called forth his minions to purge the world of human flesh. The people of Transylvania cry out for a hero, a protector to defend them against the evil desires of Dracula. They do not need to look far as Simon Belmont, a descendant of the long line of vampire hunters, lives within the land of Transylvania, armed with a whip he calls the Vampire Killer, who sets forth on a journey through the darkened countryside to rid the world of the ultimate evil, a journey in which he must fight his way through the legions of zombies, monstrous bats, and even death itself, a journey which must end with a final showdown between himself and the Dark Lord, a journey to Castlevania. So that was the Thanks. the plug. The plot. <laughs> um, the part that I love about this, too, was you fought death, and Dracula was worse than death. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... Uh, so the player controlled Simon Belmont through the game. The A button allowed Simon Belmont to jump, uh, just as other platformer games, such as Super Mario Brothers. but he can only jump straight up, left, or right. There was no like mid-air control-type uh, jump. There are also many stairs located throughout the levels, uh, but rather than simply pressing left or right to step up on them, the player actually had to initially press up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. the directional pad. Um, that always got to be frustrating for me. I'm like, I want to go up the stairs, but I'm walking past the stairs. Yeah. His primary mode of attack is through his whip by using the B button, which can be upgraded twice, obtaining special items through the course of the game, which change it into a chain whip, and then there's an extended length whip as well. Uh, in addition, various sub-weapons can be obtained, which provide uh, different means of attack by breaking candelabras and certain other items located throughout the castle. Um, Simon collects hearts, hearts, which are then used as ammunition for the sub-weapons. Simon can carry only one sub-weapon at a time. Yep. I don't know if you remember that. You gotta um, give up one to get the other one. Yep. Uh, the player can use a sub-weapon by simultaneously pressing up and the B button on the controller, which sucked if you were standing near a staircase. You can climb, yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever Simon receives damage, he is knocked back a distance. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. That always sucked, too. You fall down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this increase of challenges uh, may lead him to falling down into a pit below. Yeah, it wasn't without its flaws. No. <laughs> uh, each of Castlevania's six levels conclude with a boss fight. These bosses are generally taken from horror literature or legend, and they include, let's see if you remember Medusa. all of them. There was Medusa. Yeah. Do you remember any of the, the other ones? The bat. The giant bat, yeah. Uh, the mummy? There was a pair of mummies, yeah. yeah. Dracula was a... Right. I don't remember that here. Uh, another famous movie monster. Frankenstein? Yeah, Frankenstein's monster and Igor together. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He hopped around. And then remember Death? The Grim Reaper, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grim Reaper, yeah. Dracula actually transforms into a second and more powerful monster form after his first form is defeated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 1991, Super, Super Castlevania IV was released from the Super Nintendo system, which was a retelling of the original title with improved graphics and castle. 
Uh, other remakes and re-releases include Castlevania Chronicles, Castlevania NES Classics for the Game Boy Advance. So, yeah. uh, the final credits of the game show puns of names parodying names of personalities, as we kind of mentioned earlier, uh, related to monster and horror films. So some of them were, uh, director was Trans Fishers, which is a play on Terrence Fisher, the director of the 1958 film Dracula. Uh, screenplay was Bram Stoker, which is Bram Stoker, the writer of the novel. Uh, music was by James Banana. James, uh, it was a play on James Bernard, which is a composer of the 1958 film Dracula. Uh, cast in order, uh, in order as the ending credit show, Christopher B. as Dracula, which is a play on Christopher Lee, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who portrayed Dracula many times. Uh, Bello Lugosi as Bello Death, Lugosi. which is Bello Lugosi, right? Who was uh, Frankenstein. Uh, Boris uh, Car- Karloffis was uh, Frankenstein, which is Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, we also had, uh, he also, uh, we had Love Cheney, which is a play Lon on Lon Cheney. Uh, Barbara Sherry, which was a play on Barbara Sherry, who starred in the film The Gorgon. I don't know if you knew that movie, but that was a creepy one. Uh, Mix Shreks uh, was the vampire bat, which was Max Shrek, who played, uh, portrayed Count Orlock in the 1922 uh, film Nosferatu. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know the movie, though, Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, I so then we had uh, Green Stranger as Fishman, which was Glenn Strange, who portrayed Frankenstein's monster in the 1944 film House of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Cafe Bar Reed as Armor, which is a play on Oliver Reed, who was an English actor who uh, played in The Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll and The Curse of the Werewolf. And Andre Morel as a Skeleton, which is Andre Morel, British actor who was in The Plague of Zombies and The Mummy Shroud. So those are just some of the, yeah, I think, yeah. the names. this thing on? Oh, goody. Why, hello there. It's your dear old Uncle Joker here. I bet you're asking yourself, what could I be possibly doing here of all places? Well, I'm laughing at the fact that this new podcast presented by Geekcast Radio is called Legends of the Dark Knight. Who the heck knew the bat was so popular? Join Steve, Mike, and sometimes Tara for reviews on the greatest DC animated universe cartoon to ever meet Gotham City. So join moi for the talk of the town, or I'll send Captain Clown after you. He gets mighty angry when he doesn't get to have his garbage skull. So put on a nice big smile and join us for the next GeekCast Radio Network podcast, Legends of the Dark Knight. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on geekcastradio.com. 
to Cybertron. Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. Also a few supplemental episodes in an interview with Stan Bush. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transforming rollout. Going into Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Yeah. Uh, uh, I remember being disappointed when this came out because it wasn't like the first one. See, and I really liked it because it wasn't like the first one. (laughs) It took a departure from the traditional platform gameplay of Castlevania. Instead of introducing an open-ended form of gameplay, the game's non-linear design had a similar structure to Metroid, which I had played Metroid and loved, and it's probably why I loved this one. Uh, It was... uh, which was it was released the same year as Metroid, in fact. Oh, okay. It was released in 1987 with several exclusive elements, such as the world map. I don't know if you remember yeah, seeing that. Uh, the player was free to explore and revisit uh, any area on the map. The player could also purchase supplies, equipment, and weapon upgrades in several different towns, making it more like an action role-playing game. It also introduced a persistent world with its own day and night cycles. I don't know if you yeah. remember that. Like, you go into the town at daytime... People were there. Yeah, nighttime is monsters. Monsters and zombies and stuff like that. Here's the synopsis for this, and I'll I'll probably cut it off, but it's the year 1698, now seven years after Simon Belmont defeated Count Dracula and rid Transylvania of an evil. Little did Simon know that a curse was placed on him by Dracula after the historic battle, a curse that, if not broken, will send Simon to an early grave. Simon is informed of this curse when he meets a mysterious young woman and discovers that only the only way he can save himself is to resurrect and then defeat Dracula again, <laughs> thus breaking the evil curse. Simon must set out to recover five of Dracula's body parts, which are needed to revive the Count. But Dracula's minions have also returned and are again terrorizing people throughout Transylvania. And it goes on from there. But basically, he had to collect his body parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was released. Uh, it was actually released United, in the United States on December first, nineteen eighty-eight. So it came out in, in Japan, obviously earlier. Sure. Uh, it was a very successful follow-up to the original Castlevania. Simon, controlled by the player, can talk with townspeople, which was a new feature, who will offer him clues or lies. I remember that too. There was some you couldn't trust what they were telling you. He can also go to merchants who will sell items, either for fighting enemies or for tra- traversing to unreachable areas, in order to pay for them. He must collect hearts which are dropped by uh, defeated enemies. Uh, in addition to ordinary items in Simon's inventory, he can also purchase new whips in a few locations of the game. He begins with a standard leather whip, and he can also he can upgrade to a strong, uh, stronger ones with each new purchase. Uh, this is the first time there was an experience rating system in the Castlevania games. Mm-hmm. Uh, also found in role-playing games, which is in, uh, increased by collecting hearts. After he finds sufficient amount, his level and maximum health will increase. And I remember there was like almost like two rows of hearts yeah. that you could build up oh, to. Yeah. The period of time in Simon's quest can change between daytime and nighttime, which we discussed. Uh, and during the day, the enemies outside of the town, uh, outside of towns in the game, are less frequent and weaker. At nighttime, they appear more often and inflict more damage to Simon. Despite the departure from the previous game, there are elements from that that have remained. This includes the magic weapons, which are secondary weapons to Simon's whip. Each of them have different uses. Like most of the games in the series, some of these require the usage of hearts. One of them returning from Castlevania is the Holy Water, a small glass which can disintegrate the walls that conceal hidden items. 
some magic weapons make their first appearance in Simon's Quest, such as the diamond. I don't know if you remember what the diamond does. No, I don't. It attacks enemies by bouncing off the walls. Oh, okay. It would just bounce all over. Um, it was very useful, especially in a boss fight, like because it would bounce around. It wouldn't hurt you. It would only hurt the enemy. So you could be attacking with your whip, and you could have the diamond bouncing around. It didn't do a lot of damage, right? but it, it, it kept the boss guy on, on its toes sometimes. Cool. Uh, the objective of the game is to travel to the five mansions to find the body parts of Dracula's corpse and an item known as the Magic Cross. The body parts can be utilized to support Simon in the game. For example, Dracula's rib can be used as a shield. That was my favorite one to get <laughs> because nice. you could block attacks and everything else. Finding all of, all of the required items uh, will allow Simon to clear the blockade in front of Dracula's castle to fight the last boss. After a player defeats Dracula, there are three possible endings based on the time taken to complete the game. The best ending is achieved when the player beats the game in eight game days. So that means day to night can oh, okay. only happen yeah. eight times, yeah. which... That's crazy. I've done one time. Really? <laughs> and it was because I found out, oh, there's a better ending if you beat it in, under that time. And I think Nintendo Power told you that. Yeah. And it was hard as hell nice. <laughs> to do it in that amount of time. You basically had to play the game and know what you needed to do without talking to anyone. Yeah. So you couldn't talk to really any villagers or anything like that. Um, upon its release, Simon's Quest received strong publicity in the second issue of Nintendo Power. Its front page had a costume model dressed as Simon Belmont holding Dracula's severed head. Nice. When I saw the image of it, I remember this cover. This cover provoked many telephone complaints from parents of children who purchased the magazine. They told Nintendo Power that it gave their children nightmares. Nintendo Power covered this in volume 50 of the magazine, which cited it as the worst cover. (laughs) Simon's Quest was the first game in the Castlevania series to depart from linear gameplay and instead featured the non-linear explorative world. Um, and uh, the plot of Simon's Quest would also be directed, uh, directly referenced in later Castlevania games, uh, such as in the Game Boy Advance entry, Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. The protagonist recounts when his grandfather, Simon, had to search for Dracula's body parts in the game, and the player must also find them again. Uh, so... Kind of similar theme and everything thing, else. Yeah. Uh, Castlevania Three. Do you remember what this one was called? I don't remember now. Dracula's Curse. Curse. Yeah. Yeah. This was released for the NES in 1989, so it was like 87, 88, 89. Yeah. <laughs> um, while having more in common with the original NES Castlevania, uh, added new features including non-linear elements such as alternate branching paths, which I don't know if you remember that. Like you choose to go one way because oh, yeah. of one character yeah. or another way because of another. They both took you to the same place in the end. Right. So in this, it's the year 1476, and Dracula started to ravage Europe with an army of monsters as revenge for the death of his human wife, Lisa. So this goes all the way back. Uh, who was burned at the stake by the people of uh, Warakia. It happens. Yeah. Uh, after accusations of witchcraft, the Belmont family of vampire hunters, once exiled from Warakia, are called into action by the church. They are uh, feared uh, they feared the Belmont's superhuman power, but with Dracula menacing to swallow Europe in darkness, they are left with no choice but to call Trevor Belmont, uh, current wielder of the vampire killer whip. Yeah, I remember Trevor and Simon. Yeah. Right. So, joining Trevor on his journey to defeat Dracula are uh, Sifa, which, do you remember what Sifa was? No. 
She was a great witch who was originally called upon by the people of Warakia to defeat Dracula before she disappeared. Hmm. Then there was Grant Dynasty, or, yeah. or Dynasty. Uh, he was a pirate uh, whose entire family was killed by Dr- Count Dracula. I don't remember any of these. <laughs> this one I think you'll remember. Alucard. Alucard, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. remember who he is. Yeah, Dracula's son. Or yeah, son yeah. of Dracula who has uh, had enough of his father's evil ways and wants to help put an end to the terrorizing that most of Europe, uh, most of Europe faces from Dracula's minions. Um, so the curse of Dracula is upon Warakia and only a Belmont can stop the Count and his demons from slaughtering all mankind. Uh, brought to the U.S. on September 1st, 1990, so even though it came out in 1989, it didn't come to the U.S. until 1990, uh, Castlevania III Dracula's Curse is, the, is a prequel to the original Castlevania game. Its gameplay and castle layout is similar to its original predecessor. To many diehard Castlevania fans, Dracula's Curse was the highlight of the three games made for the NES. So this is definitely a favorite game of people that that played the NES system. Um, Castlevania 3 abandons the action-adventure game and role-playing game elements of uh, Simon's Quest and returns to the platform game roots of the first Castlevania title. Right. Uh, unlike Castlevania, however, Castlevania 3 is still non-linear. Trevor, the main character, can be assisted by one of three possible assistant characters, which we just mentioned. And after completing the first level, and at several other points throughout the game, the player is given a choice of two branching paths to follow. The player can obtain multiple endings depending on the choices they make throughout the game. So depending on what path you take, kind of the whole choose your adventure. adventure yeah. Trevor can be accompanied by only one companion at a time, and if he chooses to take on another he must abandon his current companion. So the player uh, can spiritually transform between Trevor and his ally with the select button. That's okay. what you would press. Changes differed in the gameplay or graphics from the Japanese to the Western and European versions. Instead of using a stabbing dagger, Grant used th- uh, uses throwing daggers, throwing dagger, yeah. which is so much better. <laughs> Some enemies do much less uh, damage in the Japanese version, so evidently our villains were tougher. Um, some instances of nudity on the enemies were also censored in the yeah. U.S. version. So this is where they took away the, the nudity, although it's 8-bit nudity. So yeah. <laughs> really, although back then we thought it was state-of-the-art, so we probably would have been like, look, a boob, pixel boobs. <laughs> uh, North American versions had several hidden features that can be accessed by entering certain names for players. I don't know if you remember doing that with games where you, you enter oh, certain names name. in, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you would get things like... Uh, you can get 10 lives by entering the name Help Me uh, in there. Uh, Nintendo Power listed it as the ninth best Nintendo Entertainment System video game, praising it for its strong improvements over previous entries in the, in the series. So other things with Castlevania. Uh, 1991, Captain N episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Return to Castlevania was actually based on Castlevania 3's the game of Castlevania 3. Nice. So that was episode 2005's uh, Castlevania Curse of Darkness featured Trevor Belmont as a playable character, so they brought back that character. Uh, IGN placed Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse fifth on their list of top 100 NES games. Wow. Yeah. In Symphony of Night, Alucard Mm -hmm. faces evil versions of his three companions from Castlevania 3, so he faces evil versions of Trevor, Grant, and Sipha. Or Sipha who actually fight pretty much like they played in the game. Uh, the three show up again near uh, in near identical forms in the Nest of Evil section of Portrait of Ruin. 
King. So, uh, an animated Dracula's Curse movie was in development and was to be split into three parts. It was being produced by Frederator Studios and written by Warren Ellis. Ooh. Big name in comics. Look at that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was in 2007 when that was going on, but obviously nothing happened. It didn't happen, that, right? So, going back to Captain N, the Game Master. <laughs> Can we please? Yes. Uh, so this is Castlevania and other media type stuff. Uh, he was a member of N- of the N team. Yeah. A group of mostly video game characters who defeat, uh, defended Video Land against the Mother antagonist Brain. Mother Brain from Metroid. Dracula, return, uh, referred to only as the Count, also appeared as a villain in Captain N. Uh, Alucard appeared in one episode, as we had mentioned, uh, though he was portrayed as a rebellious skateboarding teenager. Lord. <laughs> well, they kind of ruined Simon Belmont, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, several other Castlevania monsters had minor roles, including Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, the wolfman, and the skull knight. Um, Simon is portrayed as, an egotistic, uh, as egotistical on the show, and his physical appearance differs from his design in the video game series. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he was the diva. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably your favorite character. He was. <laughs> uh, the franchise also has its own toy line manufactured by NECA. Yeah. Which consists of six figures of Simon Belmont, Alucard, Dracula, available in two variants, with one variant with its mouth closed and oh, another one with his mouth open. Uh, a succubus. A succubus, yeah. And a Pixel Simon minifig. Well, there was um, two succubuses, too. Yeah. There's yeah. a topless one and a yeah. other one. Yeah. They didn't mention the topless one. Well, I did. <laughs> See, I give you the titties on the show. Right. Uh, but the Simon minifig looked like the pixelated version. It was a, oh, it was cool. a Comic-Con exclusive, 2007 yeah. exclusive. Right. Very nice. Um, you know who can do those uh, pixelated things? Oh, yeah. Our buddy Travis. Travis, yeah. He's... he's so, yeah, so Travis's business is called 8-Bit Evolution, um, and he just does some amazing stuff. Yeah, and they have a Facebook page. Go ahead and like him on Facebook. Yeah, I would definitely go check it out. Um, if you're a fan of the 80s, and especially all these old Nintendo games and Super yeah. Nintendo games, all that, you need to see what he's done because you will become a fan very quickly. It's just cool to look through his gallery and stuff like that. But he's he's selling this stuff, too. So Yeah. Um, he's looking at he's looking to, to get paid. A, a little bit of business from doing it, so... Um, definitely check them out. Another thing that came out was in 2005, IDW Publishing released a comic book adaptation, Castlevania The Belmont Legacy. It was written by Mark Andreco with art by E.J. Sue, who we've seen many times on uh, Transformers, uh, yeah. E.J. Sue. Uh, it was based on Cap- uh, the Castlevania The Adventure. I have it. It's not... Very good. <laughs> the trade? The the comic book series, miniseries. Yeah, I have the trade, yeah. Um, I have the actual issues. Um, I personally didn't care for it too much. It was alright. It wasn't great. Yeah, it could have been done so much better. Yeah. Um, there's so much potential with the franchise. Yeah. And uh, and I know there's people that are interested right now in trying to bring Castlevania back in the comic book, and I think it's perfect for a comic book. It would work. I mean, you have vampire hunters going against vampires and monsters and stuff like that. Like, you can do a whole ongoing series with Castlevania realistically. So, yeah. um, in 2008, a graphic novel ad- adaptation of Curse of Darkness was released by Tokyo Pop in English. So, that's, I assume oh. it's a manga, probably version. Probably, yeah. Um, two collector card series have been also been released. One is available with Simon's Quest, and the other was Symphony of the Night. 
Uh, soundtracks of various games have also been released separately, if you can believe that. Wow. <laughs> um, in no- People buy anything. <laughs> in November 2005, Crystal Sky Pictures acquired the rights to adapt the video game series into a motion picture. The company attached uh, Paul W.S. Anderson to write the, and direct the film adaptation, with production slated to uh, to begin in mid-2006. Later in the month, Dimension Films entered negotiations with Crystal Sky for North American distribution of Castlevania. The film adaptation was estimated to have a budget of $50 million, uh, which was Quite a bit of money back then. Uh, In in July 2006, producer Jeremy Bolt explained that Castlevania will integrate a Dracula origin story with the story of the Thelmonts. And I hate it when they do that. They have to integrate the bad guy with the good guy, just like we've talked about with G.I. Joe, where Cobra Commander is related to to Duke or gets connected to Duke and everything else. Uh, Bolt also said that the film would refer back to early versions of the games. Uh, director Anderson reiterated Bolt's description, adding that Dracula and Simon Belmont would be key characters in the film. You would hope. Yeah. Um, Anderson also indicated. Me. <laughs> Anderson also indicated that the very lush, romantic, gothic, gothic look of the 3D incarnations of the Castlevania series would be used in the film. Uh, in 2006, Rogue Pictures display, uh, replaced Dimension Films, who reneged on their script differences in handling North American dis- uh, distribution of Castlevania with. Crystal Sky Pictures handling international distribution. Paul W.S. Anderson described Castlevania to take place in many time periods, but primarily in the 15th century. I don't think I would have liked the many time periods. No, that would have been different. Uh, yeah. like it's all, Let's bring it up to today's... Yeah, the like, 2000s. Yeah, it's like we've had that with Underworld and Blade. I don't need... Suburban guy. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't need modern-day Castlevania. I need old-time Castlevania. Exactly. Uh, the director and producer Jeremy Bolt had scouted locations in Hungary and Romania, which is the right places to go check out, yeah, really. with plans to build uh, castle interiors in Budapest. Uh, principal photography was slated to begin in spring of 2007. In January of 2007, director Anderson said that the studio was still finalizing the film's budget and filming would begin in fall or winter in Transylvania and Hungary. According to the director, the film was postponed because production had uh, had desired snow on the ground for the film's four scenes. You have a $50 million budget or more, I assume, at this point, and you want to wait until real snow is on the ground. Well, you know what it sounds like? (laughs) It sounds a lot like Van Helsing. Yeah, which sucked. It did not. It did. (laughs) That was awesome. It was horrible. Um, According to the... sir are on crack. No, I am right. Especially when you listen to the fans' feedback. The wow. listener feedback has stated that Van Helsing sucked. That's a great movie. It's horrible. Stand by as being great. You also think Adam West Batman's great. Great. <laughs> and you like and you like the Joel Schumacher Batman movies. Those are good. No, they're not. These are great. <laughs> they're fun. No, they're not. They're fun. They're horrible. Fun. They make me want to gouge out my eyes. Fun. Uh, according to the director, uh, let's see, it was uh, like discovering Mordor as a real location. Mm-hmm. Uh, thick, dramatic, and above all, scary. These locations haven't uh, been shot properly in a mainstream movie, so that is always extra exciting. Uh, so that's when they were scouting things out. In June 2007, Anderson conceded directing duties to Sylvian, uh, Sylvain White in order to take on the project Death Race. Oh, ooh. Ooh. Death Race actually got made though. Yeah, <laughs> so, maybe he knew something, huh? right? Uh, and it was a remake of Death Race 2000. 2000 yeah, yeah. those movies pretty good. I haven't seen them. 
I have um, no, neither one. No, they're good. No. I, I, and I know what they're about, and then it's one of those popcorn movies. And like, okay, it's going to be good. well. The, the animation is a little bit better. Than well, I would assume so. Yeah. yeah. Um, White, who played uh, who played the Castlevania video games in the early 1990s, was attracted to the prospect of filming a vampire film. White explained most of the vampire films have been present or set in the future, from Blade to Underworld, as we just mentioned. Yeah. And I was attracted by the chance to make a dark epic period movie that also uh, that almost has an anime feel to it. She had me up until the anime moment. <laughs> um, the new director who negotiated a salary of seven figures will rewrite the script nice. with An- Anderson's assistance. The premise will follow Trevor Belmont and his younger brother, Christopher, as they are ordered into service to the church to take the cursed castle of Dracula and live up to the legend set by their ancestor, Leon. So we got Leon showing up again. There he is. In October 2007, Anderson said that he hoped to have a script within two or three weeks before the onset of 2007's Writers uh, Guild of America strike. Uh, producer Jeremy Bolt said the production was intended to begin in spring of 2008. Guess what happened? What? <laughs> in 2007, Rogue Pictures halted active development of Castlevania due to the writer's strike and later the sale of the, uh, of the studio uh, to Relativity Media. And possibility of a Screen Actors Guild, uh, and the possibility of a Screen Actors Guild strike. Despite the shelving, White remains committed to directing the film. We still want to make the movie, but I can't say we're going into production in January or anything like that. Then we have on May 27th of 2009, the Castlevania film was reported as officially canceled. <laughs> well, they held on for as long as they could. <laughs> However, on July 22nd, horror website Bloody Disgusting broke the news that Saw co-creator James Wan had been signed to pen a new draft and w- as well as to direct. A few months later, it was reported that Paul W.S. Anderson is still circling the project. And then in 2012, while promoting Resident Evil Retribution, Paul W.S. Anderson stated that he would like to make it. However, the rights were an issue. So, the movie of Castlevania is still in frickin' limbo. <laughs> Since, what, 2006 yeah, is when they started this whole thing? Now, currently, it's 2013. Right. So, Almost 2014. Yeah. Castlevania as a whole, I mean, a lot of games, a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, the Belmont family, it's something that I wish there was some type of book that came out. Yeah. That kind of, like, showed the whole history like, like chronological a, order, or yeah, or like or an encyclopedia or something like that. Like they do all these graphic. Uh, oh, you want like a reference book? Like yeah, like a visual encyclopedia, something to help me with that, and shows the timeline in there and gotcha. stuff like that. Yeah, they do the Star Wars a lot. Yeah, there is a book in previews this month that's like the art of Lord of Shadows. Oh, cool! And it's supposed to touch a little bit on the previous Castlevania stuff. Okay. So it's something that I think I'm going to have on my Christmas list wish list. Um, but you can find it in previews this month, so if, it's, if that's something of interest to you, it's the only thing I found of Castlevania in book form. That's really out comics, yeah. Or other than, like, the official strategy guides and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, um... Okay. So, yeah, so that's something worth, you know, checking out if, if you're a fan of Castlevania. The other thing I want to do is we could do a quick, uh, Kung Fu Grip. Okay. Kung Fu and what I have here is, and this was yours, yeah, um, was one of the NECA figures. Yeah. 
which is Simon Belmont. Uh, and this is based on the first Castlevania game. I'm, I'm assuming that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not based on Simon's Quest. <laughs> no, it's, it's the first one. Yeah. Um, but he is a six-inch figure. He's got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen points of articulation. Yeah, he's, he's kind of articulated, not as much yeah. as a DC Classics figure, but actually sixteen. He's got uh, upper upper waist area, not right at the waist. He doesn't articulate. He's actually pretty stable there, okay. but up, right up right around the, chest, the yeah. chest, breast area. He ha- he comes with like a lot of accessories. A dagger, a sword, a mace. Um, uh, holy water, a uh, candelabra, and a cross. And, and then an extra, hand, yeah. an extra hand. There was a whip too, somewhere. Yeah, so you gotta find the whip. You throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. <laughs> um, so right now I have, right now I have him holding the mace. Yeah. Whip, uh, like the Morning Star whip, yeah. and the sword, and then I have the dagger in it, in its uh, hilt, sheath, yeah, yeah it's sheath, and he's got a little uh, sheath for the long sword as well. Um, so he can actually hold quite a few of his weapons, which yeah. which I always like. I'm a big fan of. He looks very Conan esque. Oh like, yeah, that's why I very, like him. That's why I bought him. Yeah, yeah, very kind of like a Master Universe figure almost. Yeah, except not as uh, big. Not as bulky. Like you put him against He Man, like He Man's well, yeah, definitely a lot bigger. Kick his head. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that. I'm just saying, like as far as the build of the figure, the yeah. He Man figure is much bulkier. Sure. Um, and but I don't mean, mean, I don't mean a lot of like, exposed skin showing. Yeah, he's a warrior from that time period. Exactly. Like, furry boots, loincloth, things like that. Right. So. Um, I really liked it. I knew you were looking to get rid of it, and yeah. I was like, well, I'll take it because I'm a big fan of the Castlevania games. Yeah, the, the, the plan was for me to just get all four of the figures and put them together, but I'm scrolling down the collection, and right. it's like, I can either buy three more figures or just, you know, and this was, give you the other one I had. Right, and this was the only... It was more economical. This was the only figure I was interested in. Like, Well, I, I like the Succubus, too. Well, sure. sure. <laughs> I understand I mean, that. Alucard was actually a good-looking figure, too. Yeah, and Dracula was good-looking, but like I said, I would really just wanted the sign of Dolomont. That was the only one I was... Like, okay, if I could get a Simon Belmont to put on my shelf, that would be awesome. Yeah. And he stands really well on yeah. his own. Um, he does have some ankle articulation, like a, a roller, yeah. like a rolling ball, ball yeah. joint. So that this way, that helps him stand on his own. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he's a little cockeyed when he stands. but I, It's I, a heavier figure. I too, feel like he's a... Kind of statue. It's kind of like his swagger. He kind of stands swagger. at an angle, like I'm about to kick your ass. Yeah, that's how he rolls. Right. Um... But he, yeah, I, I, he's definitely a substantial figure. Like, if you were to get one of these NECA Castlevania figures, you could give it to a kid. Um, oh, they would play with it, yeah. You would want to break it. You'd want to at least give it to maybe like a seven or eight year old because it does have a lot of accessories. But it would be difficult, a tougher one to break. Sure. Um, Unless you just really snapped it out of jelly or something. And I would, I can't remember, you got him fairly cheap at the toy show. I don't think he was really overly expensive. Like 20, 25 bucks, something like that. Was it wasn't even that much? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I thought it was even cheaper than that. No, it wasn't terrible. But, I mean, I really like the figure. I, I I think it's worth seeking out. If you can get him for 20 bucks, he's totally worth it. Yeah. Um, like I said, a lot, lot of accessories, and he's just... A, I think it's a perfect figure for to represent Castlevania. Oh, sure. Um, it's a nice-looking sculpt. Yep. 5 o'clock shadow. Yeah. Nice muscle, you know. Yeah. Nice paint job. 
little scowl on his face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the paint and the colors are good on yeah. it, too. So. Yeah. They're, it's done very, very well. A lot of detail. As the NECA figures typically are. Yeah. So. But that one's a little bit more articulated than most NECA figures. Yeah. More statuesque. Yeah. I would say he's more articulated, like almost like the Turtles ones, because the Turtle NECA figures are really yeah. articulated well. Yeah, that's a good idea. So. That's a good comparison. So the last thing to cover is the Battle Files segment, which is we have a top five. Yeah. To talk about. Alright, so since we're covering Castlevania, I thought it'd be fun to talk about monsters. Okay. And like what type of monsters get us excited like to see a movie or read a book or read a comic. Like which which ones like make us go and you can interpret monsters any way you want. You can either name they could be named monsters. Yeah. They could be just general monsters, they could be human monsters, sure. however you want to interpret it. So, what was your number five? Uh, the Grim Reaper. Okay. Death himself? Yeah. Bony hand? Is that the type of Grim Reaper? Yeah. Okay. The, the, you know, the cloak, the skeleton, yeah. the bony hand, the, the, scythe. the scythe. Yeah. yeah. The Almost like the uh, the riverboat guy and the river sticks, like where yeah. he, he wants to collect the coin from you. And yeah. Sort of. Yeah. That may be a little bit more deadly. He comes to take your soul, take, <laughs> drag it to hell. But that guy. Yeah. Um, Cute and cuddly. My number five was very, very general, and it was very hard for me to narrow it down, but really any type of underwater monster I like. So, like, the like giant cre- squid. Like, yeah. Like, the Kraken, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. The trench creatures from the Aquaman series. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, uh, I even said stuff like mermaids, like, like, especially if you make them deadly, like the original Peter Pan. Sirens. Yeah. yeah. Like the original Peter Pan, like the mermaids were like deadly creatures yeah. type stuff. So, um, like stuff like that, I, I really find interesting, like Jaws, you know, and yeah. anything like that. Any type of underwater monster cool. is really cool to me. So, uh, you're number four. Uh, Freddy Krueger. Okay. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. He's the glove. He's a bit scary. The hat. Made you afraid to go to sleep? Well, yeah. Wasn't he like a child molester or something like that? Yeah. That's creepy as fuck right there. (laughs) No kid wants that, right? Uh, You probably did. Well, you know, not to get too, you know, whatever, but you don't don't want that. Right. Um, He showed up in your dreams. He fucked up like that. Right. Just just mess up. Um, My number four was ghosts. Just... Patrick Sweden? Right. He's creepy. Uh, right. He's Spe- especially when he comes up behind he you. He is and, a ghost now. Like, when you're making a pot, pot he comes yeah, up behind he you. He does the pottery, yeah. yeah. And he whispers ditto when you're there. <laughs> right. Like, ah, you creepy bastard. But no, like, the ones that would really creep me out is, like, if you ever watched, like, Unsolved Mysteries and they would do the ghost reenactments oh, yeah. where the ghost would be in the room and then he'd the disappear. Corner, yeah. And I'm like, that would creep the hell out of me. <laughs> and you're watching it at nighttime, you're looking around right. and you're like, what the fuck was that? Right. Um, Who made that noise in the kitchen? I'm going to bed. I remember watching, like, sometimes news would have, like, a little segment during Halloween time oh, of, yeah. like, ghost stories. And they would sometimes do reenactments. There was this one I saw where they were talking about this hotel where there was this bar. And this kid was, like, playing with a bottle on yeah, top of the... trainers. Yeah, well, he was playing God, with a little yeah. bottle on top of the, the bar. And this security guard comes in. There's not supposed to be anyone there. And he goes, hey, kid. And the kid looks up and he's, like, glowing blue face. Yeah. And then he jumps behind the bar. And the security guard, like an idiot, goes and after him, and I'm thinking, glowing blue face, I'm not the hell out of there. Yeah. And the kid's not there, of course. And there's a bottle spinning on the bar. Yeah. And they show this blue face, and a child's creepy to begin with. <laughs> yeah. With the shining of those two bullets. Yeah. And stuff like that. yeah. So, ghosts in general, right. I, I'm a big fan of. So, uh, Number three for me is uh, Jason Voorhees. Okay. 
So who showed up like what? Number two, the second one. The second one is when he finally started showing up. Um, And the hockey mask, hockey mask, mask, I think wasn't until three or four or something later on. But uh, but yeah, he had the teleportation ability. Yeah, where he basically you would run from him, he would be walking after you, and somehow he caught up to you. (laughs) Well, the only part where he's really scary and creepy is because you're a teenager and you want to have some sex, and he's just going to slash you with a machete and kill you. The rule is you don't have sex if you're in a horror movie. Pitchfork, or you know, he's going to get you if you're if you're a horny little kid and you're trying to get laid, he will kill you. Right, especially at camp. (laughs) Yeah, he will fuck you up. This my number three is really cheesy, but I love these growing up. Was any giant bugs or animal movies where it was like the old black and whites where they had the giant lizard? Oh yeah, that like would trample over or, like, them. They fought Godzilla, Mothra. Well, even not even so much that, but I'm talking about like where they literally took the real animal and oh, put it in a little model style. It looks bigger. And yeah. it was a tarantula going across the town and yeah. stuff like that. And then you have people, yeah, people looking up. Cut and, scenes, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I love those movies because that's just I grew up watching those. Yeah, so. my number my number two was actually Mike Myers from Halloween. Okay, just a deranged kid who you know got fucked up as a kid. Yeah, now he's just gonna kill people. Now, have you seen the that Rob- could really happen? Yeah, now have you seen the Rob Zombie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I thought was really good, but it did take away some of the scariness of yeah. it. Um, but I thought it was really good. But yeah, he's yeah, like you said, he, he could happen. That could really happen. <laughs> some some kid, you know. Kills his sister, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Like, now, I don't know if he'd survive fires and everything else. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a stretch, but, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Mike Mike Myers got much it's like... because it's real, it could actually yeah. happen. It's not, not like, uh, you yeah. know... Well, I'm going back to your other one, Jason Voorhees, in the first Friday the 13th, that could really happen, too. A mom who was, not, to, not yeah. to spoil a movie like that's 30, 30 years, years old, old. But, yeah. <laughs> 30, 40 years old, even... Um, but yeah, the mom is upset because Camp's son died. Her son died, and Camp uh, Camp uh, guidance counselors weren't watching her son, and yeah. so now she wants to kill all of them at the camp. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. crazy, deranged, young, so stricken parent. My number two was just vampires in general. Um, I know there's some big name vampires Twilight. out there, but no, not the glimmer vampires. Not sparkly vampires. <laughs> not sparkly vampires. Vegas vampires. Um, but like. <laughs> Uh, Interview with the Vampire, oh, okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Underworld. Yeah. Um, I especially like the modern day vampires. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. That's a good one, yeah. um, but I, I especially like the modern day vampires. So if you got like Underworld or Blade and things like that, like those are the vampires that I really like. They burst in the flames when the sun comes out. Yeah. yeah, they have to burst they don't in the wear, flames. Like, no shades. No. It's like Fright Night. Yeah, no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, my number one is Count Dracula. Okay. Now, have you seen the new TV show, Dracula? No. It's on Friday nights. Okay. It's really good. You could probably get caught up. There's only been, like, I think three, maybe four episodes out. And you can find them on, I can't remember which station it's on. It might be ABC. Okay. Um, but you can, it's ABC or NBC, but then watch it CBS. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> it's but, but you can actually find it, um, find the episodes. And it is... Dracula. I mean, it is how you kind of want Dracula to be, oh, and, cool. and it's the early days of, of Dracula. He comes to the U.S. and he wants to. Uh, I think he maybe it's in London still. I can't remember, but basically, he you know he can't be in the sunlight. There's, it's yeah. vicious. It's deadly. I mean, uh, it, it's done. I, mean, really I like well. the I like the like the dark shadows, like the the Barnabas Collins. And yeah, stuff like so that. much into that. Not no, not Johnny Depp stuff. <laughs> I know. Oh no, no, I get that. Barnabas Collins, where he's like 
a creepy business. I'm just not into soap operas. <laughs> dude, whatever. You need to watch Dark Shadows. <laughs> I did watch Dark Shadows. It's and good. I even watched, I tried watching the remake. That was, that was good, too. In the 90s. That yeah, was that better. Was good. That, that was, was better. Good, yeah. uh, it didn't last very long, but. No, it didn't. But, I mean, he was a very creepy individual and stuff like that. And yeah. He was really nice. And he had that, you know, alluring, kind of get you in, kind of yeah. swagger, you know. Um, one of the things that I want to try to collect now is the original Tomb of Dracula series, Ooh. comic series. I know it's tough to get, especially like the issue that introduces Blade and probably the first issue and stuff like that. But they did come out with like omnibus edition. Well, like they that? came out with a hardcover omnibus edition, uh, which Chris Campbell has, and I'm very jealous of. I didn't realize they came out with them, mm-hmm. and they're nice hardcovers. There's three volumes of it okay. that covers the whole series. Volumes one and two are expensive. Volume three, I can get still pretty Maybe cheap. Maybe they'll do a second printing. I'm hoping, yeah. Um, Check a calendar. They did do there. trades, but they only did three trades. I have the three trades. They did do essential volumes, and I have the essential volumes of it also. Okay. But I'm not a big fan of the essentials. I got you. Yeah. And they never finished. Those are the black and white. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to put it in there. And I'm not a big fan of. I wasn't happy that they stopped the trades after three volumes. I'm like. Well, that, I'm just getting started now. <laughs> I want more. Um, my number one is werewolves. Okay. I've always liked the the monster, the human that turns into a monster doesn't really control it. Um, I like Jekyll and Hyde more than werewolves. Oh no, I love werewolves. Well, I like dogs and yeah, wolves in I general. I mean, those are my wolves are my favorite animals. Yeah. Um, so I, I love the werewolves. I mean, American Werewolf in London is a fantastic movie. movie. Um, I, again, Underworld had werewolves in it. Which yeah, I, I like thought the concept was really of werewolves awesome. and stuff like that. It's not you know something I can't get behind. It's just yeah, um, like better. Did you ever see Silver Bullet? The movie Silver Bullet. No. Oh man, Fright Night. It's a great. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. Silver Bullet's actually a great. You ever see Fright Night? Classic movie. It's yes, I, I've seen Fright Night. You yeah. know what's on our list that is pretty remarkable? That's really hot these days. Zombies. Oh yeah. Nobody put zombies. I like zombies, but eh. but eh. I don't. I go in and out of zombies. Like I love mm. The Walking Dead, and I like zombies in general. But like I get burned out on zombies sometimes. Yeah, it's just too saturated. Um, especially right now. Yeah, exactly. I just found that funny. One thing with werewolves, and a lot, not a lot of people remember this, but there was actually a series called Werewolf. It was, I think, on USA. I remember. The show USA. The guy would get, he was trying to find a cure for himself, and he would tell people to tie him down and strap him in and everything else because he was about to change. Um, and how he would know he was going to change is he'd get a bleeding pentagram on his hand. Ooh. And that's how he knew the change was coming. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, it was a really good series. And then there was the pack that was trying to hunt him down and everything that, else. Man. It was a really cool series. Uh, at least I remember as a kid, I know it creeped me out and I really liked it. Now I probably would watch it and think it's cheesy as hell. But sure. um, I've seen some episodes of it on YouTube, but they're really bad quality. I don't I don't know if I would ever see it released. I doubt it uh, on like an actual DVD form or anything like that, but I would definitely pick it up if I did. Yeah, check YouTube. Who knows? But I like the whole idea of a man changing into a beast type of thing. Yeah. Like I said, not totally having control of it um, or gaining control of it. And that's another series, a comic series I want to try to find and pick up. And it's an old series, is The Werewolf by Night uh, with the character Jack Russell. I know. Dog, it's a dog name, yeah. Carrier. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's a series that also came out. And that series had the first introduction of Moon Knight. Oh, okay, cool. Um, which, that would be the one issue that would probably be the most expensive for me to get. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, he's not really that big of a character, Moon Knight. I mean, he's 
I've looked in that one issue of Werewolf by Night that has Moon Knight's first yeah. appearance in it. I think it's going for like 70, 80 bucks hmm. for that one issue. Double of what I thought. <laughs> so, and that's to get a good copy of it. Like, that's the thing. If I'm going to get this Tomb of Dracula series and the Werewolf by Night series, and there's a third supernatural character I want to get his whole series is the Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Okay, yeah. Um, so I'd like to get those three. Those three are ones I'm going to be focused on. But I want to get nice copies of the issues, and that's going to cost me. So well, it's going to be... you can get nice copies of all those, but get like a reader copy of that one. Could be. Eventually you'll find it somewhere. Yeah, maybe. If The thing is, I don't mind if I'm going to be selling a lot of my collection for other things that I want to keep. I don't mind working over 80 bucks for that one issue if it's a really good copy of it. Yeah, I get that. Um, because then I have a, something that's really valuable, and it'll probably go up in price over the years. So. Probably, yeah. Um, so that's our list. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know that Nick Wolfman Z, I think werewolves are his favorite. Yeah, also. his favorite. Yeah, I was going to mention it. Yeah. So, um, one for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously Dracula, big name. Sure. Uh, been around for a while. You know, uh, which characters Dracula's had encounters with before in comics? Um, uh, besides all the Archie? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> the X-Men. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, he tried to turn turn Storm into a vampire at one time. So well, if you're gonna pick any one, right? Actually, uh, well, it would be her. <laughs> She'd be a good one. <laughs> well, yeah, given her power and her hotness. <laughs> Going more for the hotness. Yeah, yeah. this wasn't Mohawk Storm, was it? Uh, I don't believe so. Good. <laughs> Mohawk Storm's still hot. Not as. I'll, I'll still take her. Oh well, sure, I would. Do don't get me wrong, I do her. I'm not saying I wouldn't do her because psh, I do her. Don't get me wrong, I'm totally vulnerable. I'm just saying without the Mohawk, it'd be a little bit better. I would get the Mr. T image out of my mind. I'm just wondering if you would actually read an X Men comic if it had Dracula in it. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. We'll flip a coin. <laughs> Show me what the cover looks like. Yeah, I don't know. Get me excited about the end. I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can provide that for you. Right. Anything else you wanted to cover while we're here? Ah, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for yeah. uh, you know sticking with us, people. Um, we wanted to, since we recorded. Yeah, so. we originally wanted to have Quinn Johnson on for this episode, but I just, fucking bailed on it. No, <laughs> I just didn't. We got a nasty email back. I didn't know when we were going to record. Yeah, and I, you fucks. And I'm like, really, Quinn? Really? <laughs> no. Jeez. Quinn does not talk like that. I know, but that's why I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, sweet Jesus. No, he's a huge Castlevania fan. Big I, bad, yeah. I just didn't know when we were going to be able to actually do this episode, yeah. so I didn't want to leave him hanging. I go to our, like that, uh, our brother, uh, Robert Atkins. He's got a nice uh, Castlevania print. Oh. Robert Atkins. He's got quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've got one. It looks really nice. So yeah. definitely check that out if you guys are Castlevania fans. Yeah, I have the one of Simon Belmont, and, and he's the going up against the, back the castle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got uh, skeleton warriors coming towards him. Really nice stuff, yeah. But he's got some other amazing yeah, Castlevania definitely ones. definitely some prints of uh, Castlevania from, from that guy. Yeah. Super talented. Yeah. Um, and colored prints, too. Exactly, Which yeah. is the one I have. Uh, yeah. It's just amazing, so... Um, all right, uh, and I'm, I'm probably actually going to use that image as our... Um, you should. ...art for this episode, definitely. so... Look at the website, and you'll actually see the print that uh, Robert drew and Simon Goff, I think, yeah, colored. Simon colored, yeah. So, uh, so definitely check that out. And if you want one, let Robert know, or let yeah. us know, and we'll put you in touch with Robert. Exactly. So, uh, with that being said, let me go ahead and give our information out. You can find us at yeah, Starjoes. Starjoes.com. Right. Yeah. Close <laughs> you, it up. You can find us at the forum for geeks.com. Uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on uh, Stitcher Radio. 
Uh, it's a smarter a, way to listen. Right. It's a fan. Uh, it's a uh, you can make us one of your favorites, and it's a free mobile app. Yeah. Uh, for your mobile devices. Yeah, we have a telephone. You can call us. It's four four zero nine four one Joe's J O E S. Uh, you can follow us on uh, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Uh, which is at Star Joe's Podcast. You can like us on Facebook. A, we have a fan page, and we also have a profile page where you can request uh, make friend requests. I don't know if you've been keeping up with that at all. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's iTunes. There is iTunes. That's how you can download us for free is one of the many ways you can download us. Yeah, we're trying to get to 45 and up to 50, so help so us out with that. please leave us a review. Yeah, you're uh, better and different. Exactly. For 50. Right. <laughs> so if you haven't let us re- left us a review yet and you like us, or maybe if you have left us a review and you changed your IP address, leave another. <laughs> or if you listen to us and you can't stand us. Or if you have a spouse who has an IP address, <laughs> just shoot one off at her name. She'll never know. Um, Add the stats. I think that's everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. With yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. So, you know, yeah. Appreciate it. Love, uh, let us know who your favorite monsters are. Let us know what your memories of playing Castlevania were. Uh, let us know if there's something else out there that's Castlevania related that yeah, we just we weren't. Yeah, let us know we if you hated Captain N and the Game Masters like <laughs> Chuck did. I like cartoon sucks. I liked Captain N. In oh general. yeah, that cartoon sucked. Dude. For everything you like, that's the thing that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Wow, that was bad. I will Joel give Schumacher you Batman was better. Than I, I will give you there are some bad characters in Captain N, but there's some good characters and there's some fun stories too. Yeah, whatever. Schumacher, Batman, or Captain N? What's your Captain N. You son Every day of the week. No, no. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Over Batnipples? Yes. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. By a mile. Close the show. I would watch Captain N, no questions asked. I'm walking out. Close the the show. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Later. Ha 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 